Hello everyone, and welcome to Nerd of the Third Power, your one-stop shop for all things nerdy and awesome. This week in our little headline showcase, we're going to be showcasing headlines from both comic books and anime. With myself, Multiverse Brian, and the anime goddess herself, the cat. So let's get things started a bit with the comic book side. We have a lot of things coming out. Now this is probably going to be the last, I wouldn't say the last, but one of the last few major sort of news stories I'm going to have. The closer we get to the holiday periods of... Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas, uh, comic book news slows down to major halt. We'll probably get some things coming out for next year, but the announcements are going to be few and far between. We're getting a lot of info dumps like we have been for the last couple of weeks. Uh, starting off with DC, they are pushing more of their Rebirth line coming up. They actually just recently announced that there's going to be a Justice League vs. Suicide Squad miniseries coming in December. It's actually going to be a weekly series. It'll start in December and then end in January. It will tie in with the Suicide Squads number 9 and 10 and Justice League 11 and 13. No, 12 and 13, I'm sorry. This is also going to possibly spin out of for the Justice League of America book, which was announced, but unfortunately has not come to pass yet. We don't know any of the creatives behind it or the story or anything like that. There's actually been a several, I mentioned before in one of my headlines, delays of some of these books. Justice League of America was one of them. So we may be looking for that coming in 2017 and maybe early February or late January, depending on how you look at it. Uh, but that's not the only thing. We have a lot of other things going on with DC Rebirth. A lot of rumors going around, especially of Tim Drake Red Robin fame. Bleeding Cool has been uh, promoting a rumor that they actually heard at San Diego Comic-Con that they'll be killing off Tim Drake. People didn't know if it would be the future uh, the future Tim Drake that was existing in the Batman Beyond book, which has gone back to Terry McGinnis, or the actual Tim Drake in the main continuity. They have been promoting a couple of other the rumors is coming up again, noticing that he's missing from solicitations and was removed from a recent Detective Comics cover. The writer for Detective Comics just responded to all this with a simple, trust me, behind the uh, tweet. This could be just a, probably a bait and switch death. We see a lot of those in comics before. It's really nothing new. Uh, A lot of people don't really like it. It depends on how well it's executed, if it's actually considered good or not, and they could just be trying to I don't know, trick people into reading it. There's actually been a couple surprises them from the Rebirth line, so I actually wouldn't be... It wouldn't be completely out of the question for seeing another death of a character like this. Um, but, again, we don't know until the actual issue comes out. Other than that, in DC News, they're actually going to be expanding out their Hanna-Barbera line. Uh, the Hanna-Barbera line, which is currently Future Quest, The Flintstones, uh, Wacky Raceland, and they're actually going to actually extend out a spinoff of Wacky Raceland with Dastardly and Muttley, written by Warren uh, Ellis, of all people. They're actually, so now they're going to go into the future with the Jetsons. Uh, Amanda Connor and Jim Potomati of the Harley Quinn fame will be taking over, I believe, the duties of the Jetsons. It's kind of interesting. Out of all of the uh, Hanna-Barbera line books, the best one I've been reading so far has been Future Quest, which is all the Hanna-Barbera superheroes put together in one book. It's a fantastic book. If you haven't checked it out, please do check it out. Um, the others I haven't checked out yet. Unfortunately, my budget doesn't allow me to check out all the different books, but I am going to be hopefully maybe picking up a couple or maybe even reading them in trades when they come out to give a good idea of what's going on. Other than that, DC is just sort of riding high on their Rebirth line. Moving over to Marvel, eh, things are not as sunny, but we do have a number of teasers coming up. Marvel loves teasers. 
They absolutely do. It's one of the it's something they, they pride themselves on, I would imagine. Uh, they recently were teasing something just called MU for January of 2007. We didn't know what MU was. Marvel University, Marvel Universe, whatever have you. Uh, but then they started announcing different talents for it. Cullen Bunn, Greg Land, Steve McNiven, Adam Kubit, uh, and Lin Yu are all going to be joining this new MU, whatever MU is. Um, I've been actually sitting on the story for a while now because I'm recording this the day they're going to hopefully find out more. Um, but, you know, I have to get a show out, guys, so unfortunately I can't sit and wait on this story for too much longer. Hopefully I can get an update for it. I'll probably post it up on the uh, main Facebook page when it comes out, when this show does a debut. Hopefully we're going to know. One of the speculations that could possibly be the return of Wolverine. Uh, I don't necessarily see that yet, but again, we have nothing to go on. Literally all we have is M.U. That is all we know. And some of the talent behind it. Yes, some of the talent has actually worked on many Wolverine titles in the past. That's where that rumor got started. Who knows if that is actually true or not. But that's really, again, all the major stories I have coming out of all the comic book world. At least for the big two, anyway. There have been some announcements going around around the movie sort of area. I do believe there is a video that we tweeted out and spread around of a live-action Deathstroke. Not from Arrow, from a possible movie. People are saying that Deathstroke is either going to show up in Justice League or the Batman solo film. We're unsure at the moment. I'm not even sure it's actually, you know, from the films. It looks neat enough. I've watched it, but again, I don't know. Uh, Marvel's also moving ahead. Uh, Doctor Strange got a little bit of a script treatment from uh, Daryl Hammond from Community Fame. He apparently wrote a couple of scenes for them, or rewrote a couple of scenes. At least that's the word that's going around. The shortlist for Captain Marvel directors has gotten a little bit shorter. They had three, now they're down to two. We're expecting an announcement from them anytime in the near future. And that's basically it. Uh, TV side of things are interesting. Uh, Marvel will actually try to expand out, at least they're going to attempt to expand out, their superhero shows with a possible Squirrel Girl and New Warrior series on ABC. ABC is developing it, but there, I feel like there's an issue there. ABC has uh, not been very kind to super superhero shows. Yes, you have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I rarely call Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. a superhero show. It's definitely more of a spy show, and that's sort of how you want S.H.I.E.L.D. to be portrayed as. Uh, their spinoff for that show was eventually declined, and they have canceled Agent Carter, so I don't know exactly if they will push for the Squirrel Girl and the New Warriors series, but you, they might. Uh, Marvel has been looking at other avenues as well. There's a renounced Runaway series that will be actually taking place on Hulu, not Netflix. I find that very interesting, but actually a Hulu series. And so they are trying to get stuff out there, just looking for, at different avenues. Perhaps the Netflix series they want to keep separate for their own uh, rights and things like that, because they have the Defenders coming out, they don't want to oversaturate it, so that maybe Hulu offer them a better deal, who knows. But look for that to be debuting sometime in the future. Unfortunately, Hulu will be switching over to a subscription-only service, so much like Netflix, you got to pay to watch it. Again, I've sort of rambled on here, so that's all the time I have for I'm going to switch everything over to Kat uh, with the anime news. Kat, what do you have this week? Why, thank you. Voice actor Fujiwara Keiji's agency announced that he will be taking a break from acting while he undergoes treatment for an unspecified illness. 
The actor, known for roles like Laud Rousseau in Bacano, Nace Hughes in Full Metal Alchemist, and Axel in Kingdom Hearts, has been replaced by Morikawa Toshiyuki for his ongoing role in Crayon Shinchan. No word yet if this will affect his upcoming role reprisal of Hannes in the Attack on Titan sequel and Fujimoto in the Blue Exorcist sequel, both of which will come out sometime next year. Speaking of things coming out next year, here's a whole bunch of premiere announcements. Haikyuu Season 3 will premiere October 8th with cast and staff returning and a new opening by Burnout Syndromes and a new ending by Nico Touches the Walls. Natsume's Book of Friends Season 5 announced a premiere date of October 5th with staff and cast returning and new music by Sasanomaly and Imer. October 3rd, we'll see the premiere of the Gakuen Handsome TV series, whose OVA staff returns to animate the series, and the cast of the OVA and game also return. Each episode will also stream on Nico Nico at noon on the day after it airs on TV. In print news, Silver Spoon is finally coming off of its nine-month hiatus, which was like for a month, and then before that it was like an eight-month hiatus, so hey, Silver Spoon's back for a little while. Narita Ryogo is working on his final 1935 Bacano novel that's just the 1935 series. That doesn't mean he's finished writing Bacano. He'll also be launching a Dorarara spin-off novel, Orihara Izayato Kasai-o, on October 8th. Meanwhile, in licensing news, Funimation will be distributing both live-action Parasite films and Takashi Miike's As the Gods Will film. Viz Media plans to release all of the Ranma one-half OVAs and films on one Blu-ray set sometime next year. The 2016 Death Note film is getting a three-episode prequel on Hulu Japan, and Crunchyroll has added season four of Yu-Gi-Oh! GX with subs. Meanwhile, the Gravity Falls writer Alex Hirsch and Guardians of the Galaxy writer Nicole Perlman are in talks to pen the script for the live-action Pokemon film, and Pakistan is trying to ban Doraemon because the world is a weird, weird, weird place. Lots of big music news has come up lately. Japanese hip-hop group Homei Kazoku has announced that they will be going on an indefinite hiatus at the end of the year. They plan to pursue solo careers to expand their art and raise their skill. Basically, they want to go their separate ways for a while to improve as individuals. Group member Mikro wrote on the band's official blog that the band is not breaking up, and he hopes they will reunite in the future, each bringing new experiences to the table. Band member Kudo wrote that they are currently maintaining the status quo and their future solo experiences are necessary. Honmei Kazaku is scheduled for three concerts at the end of December, after which they will presumably go on hiatus. They officially started as a group in 2001, signed with a recording company in 2004, and in the years following had their music used in anime like Bleach, Naruto, and Eureka 7. The band that actually is breaking up at the end of the year is the legendary J-pop boy band Smop. Now, they're kind of a big deal, so I do have to spend a little bit of time talking about them. The band has been performing together since 1988 and is widely considered to be one of the most successful boy bands in Japanese history. They had 21 studio albums, 5 compilation albums, 23 video albums, and 56 singles. All of their singles since 2003 have peaked at number 1 on the Oricon album or the Oricon singles chart. Suffice it to say, they're extremely popular. That being said, their breakup isn't being taken well. 
Not just because fans will be sad to see them go, but because of all the controversy surrounding it. The rumors of the band's demise have been circulating all year, since January, when newspapers reported that four out of the five band members were in talks to leave their agency, Johnny and Associates, following the resignation of their longtime manager, Eiji Mamichi, who had a falling out with Johnny's vice president, Mary Kitagawa. The falling out could have been long brewing, but it was definitely a push past the breaking point when rumors were going around that Ijima was a candidate to eventually become president of Johnny's, which Kitagawa took as a personal offense to her daughter, Julie Keiko Fujishima, who will absolutely take over as president one day. Now, there was another rumor going around that Ijima was going to quit and make her own competitor talent agency, or if nothing else, move to a new talent agency, taking SMOP with her. Whether there was ever any validity to any of the rumors is unknown, but Mary Kitagawa seemed to have taken them as a certain threat, and during an interview with the Shukan Bunshin magazine, she threatened over the phone to fire Ijima if she ever found out that she was gathering a faction of support within the agency. So this is her own employee. Her own employee who made a band into one of the most successful bands in Japan. And she's just like, yeah, I'll fire you. Whatever. No chill. Needless to say, Ijima retired from the industry. And I say retired with quotation marks because I'm willing to bet she was threatened and bullied into quitting. Anyway, so here's Smop, a platinum-selling band, and four out of the five of them are ready to jump ship, which for them would have been a very risky move. According to the rumors, they were willing to take the risk of career nuclear fallout that comes with dumping your agency, especially if your agency is Johnny's, which would have gotten them probably blacklisted across the entire industry. But still, the rumors said they were poised to do it. But then the group went on their weekly program to apologize to the fans and to the agency for all the confusion and stated that they were going to keep moving forward but that didn't really explain one way or the other what was happening. But they kept their standing with Johnny's. The internet lost its collective mind. Everyone was happy that the band was staying together, but the fans couldn't help but notice how miserable the guys looked as they made the announcement. The newspapers actually compared it to it looked like they were being hung. So, so that happened. Fans were freaking out. It crashed Twitter. A reporter even asked the prime minister his thoughts on the matter, and he actually commented on it. It was a huge, huge deal, and fans were conflicted about the decision, but at least it was all over and things could return to normal. Now it's August, and the agency has officially announced the band's breakup. Now, if you've listened to all of this with confusion and possible growing anger, you now have an understanding of how messed up the idol scene is. Johnny's and Associates produces some of the best of the best pop stars in Japan, and the control that they wield over their artists in the industry is staggering. It's also, in this case, really disheartening. SMOP are five guys 
all stuck in one really bad relationship with an abusive lover. Sure, once upon a time, things were good and you were making sweet, sweet music together, but now you're five guys in your 40s whose lives are being completely controlled down to every little detail by a manipulative old crone who tells everyone that you can't dance for shit and will probably ruin the lives of anyone who tries to help you out of the awful situation. Yeah, I mean, they'll go on to solo careers and they'll continue with their acting and their television and... All that good stuff. But how are fans supposed to feel good about it all, knowing that these guys are almost certainly being forced to stay with Johnny's, continuing their status quo of misery and exploitation? I mean, maybe I'm being a little melodramatic here, but the more you really examine the idol culture in Asia, because it's all over Asia, this happens all the time. The harder it gets to listen to the music. Still, the guys have had a good run, an amazing run actually, again, one of the most successful boy bands in all of Japan, and I really, really wish them all the best in their future endeavors. I wish that it didn't feel like they were being coerced and blackmailed and threatened into staying with their agency. I think they could do a lot of good with another agency, or if they started up their own agency, um, that would all be good. But Johnny's is just too powerful, I think, which is really messed up. But again, I wish them all the best in their future endeavors. I hope that they come to some sort of peace with their lives from now on. And that's all I've got going on in the anime and manga and J-pop world. Over to you. Thank you, Kat. Now, that's all the headlines we have for this week on Nerd to the Third Power. Please remember to like the video, subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and all those wonderful social media outlets. That's all we have for this week, so Taka, play us out. <laughs>